Ribbit. Bloop, bloop. Try to take Mexico. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Yeah, you didn't know Frogger was a prop- propaganda game made to, uh, you know, elicit, like, uh, invasion into Mexico. That's what Frogger was designed for, the sole purpose. Interesting, like, Pitfall. Like, uh, no, Pitfall is to invade France. Space invaders. Uh. That's to invade space. Oh, God damn it. E.T. E- video games to go after uh, British Columbia. Uh, it's fucking FBI again. Yeah. yeah, we better shut up before they pull the plug. We went down the rivers, we crossed the plains, over the mountains, we fought in streams. We went west. We trapped, we mined, we carved our names. With guns and axes, we sought our fame. Our destiny was manifest. And God helped those who stood in the way of business progress. And the USA. USA. So Ben, Ben uh, uh, said, uh, would it not be cool to implement a a hit of drunk history into your podcast? And I retorted, we have been since the stay at home order. We're drinking yeah, we, a lot more. We were since, a little bit before that too. Since then, <laughs> and then he had to clarify, like drunk or like history channels, drunk history is like, yes, Ben. <laughs> we all know, like, <laughs> as opposed to the other drunk history. And it's like uh, we've been recording a lot drunker than previously recorded, and he's like, I couldn't tell. <laughs> we're just so, professionals, so that's so why. So apparently, you got to get drunker, I guess. Couldn't tell when Bo would go off on a tangent for fucking forty-five minutes. Oh, you're gonna get man. Today's one. You're gonna get some tangents. Oh, man. But um, uh, but then also like I, I happen to be watching some weird show. Will I like think you kind of popped in for a second on our text thing? I don't know, I just clicked on something so I had something to work on, and it was like, the stand at Paxton Ranch. And it's, okay, I see a guy in a cowboy hat. I've been watching a lot of Westerns lately. Well, as it turns out, it's about, like, corrupt, like, PETA-funded people, like, uh, you know, telling the vets and the sheriff that you've been mistreating your horses and, like, trying to, like, uh, confiscate them from you and then sell them to Mexico. And I, <laughs> I was like, well, what the hell is, you know, and I did a little digging, actually... Will, that suppose it's based on a story that took place in fucking Gladstone. Uh-oh, he froze. Oh, fuck. FBI found out, man. <laughs> FBI found down. out. They, they, they shut him the fuck down. Thanks, NSA. Tax dollars at work. <laughs> Don't you guys have a fucking virus you could be fighting right now? Yeah. Instead of silencing truth tellers? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we should start talking about aliens and pyramids, and then we definitely will get shut down. I mean, that's we're going to run out of history, and we're going to have to start speculating wildly. What the fuck's happening with this shit? Hey. See, everything was fine. Well, I had to make it, like, uh, uh, air fuck my phone again, even oh, though man. I have a perfectly good Wi-Fi router eight feet away from me. We were speculating that uh, that you were trying to tell the truth, tell tr- you know truths about uh, people's truth horses getting power. sold to Mexico. And yeah, the FBI, and, and P- the FBI P- pulled the plug on you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, isn't that suspicious timing? Makes fucking you think, very, doesn't it? Uh huh. It's like the f- the fucking cloud people and the five G coronavirus. <laughs> uh, 
But uh, no, as I was saying, uh, that, that that fucking show uh, takes place outside of Gladstone. Now the actual events didn't have as much like murder and shit going on as the show ended up having. But it's how yeah. come I don't remember anything about it? Because it happened in like uh, <laughs> 2013, so you hadn't, hadn't lived there in a long time. But Ben well, knew, knew Gladstone. Yeah, it's the Dossinger Ranch out there. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, but any which way, yeah, it's like, it was fucking crazy. You know, it's like, okay, it's kind of based on a thing, like, ongoing going legal battle, but, you know, with many more, like, murders and stuff. And But they actually had the Dossingers on at the end of the show, too, so it was, it was kind of weird. That was some weird happenstance. Like, oh, Paxton County? Fuck you. You mean Stark County. Except for everything's named more like Texas than it is North Dakota, and nobody has a North Dakota accent, but whatever. I thought it was interesting. They don't have accents. Well, your grandparents. Everybody else does. Ah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, this week. Well, first of all, uh, hello. Welcome to How the West Was Fucked. Fucked. I think. the, The. No. Yep, there we go. No. Okay. All right, so. So I think, I, I guess I forgot to confirm, Will, but we are doing uh, uh, Mexican-American War, right? Sure, why not? Yep, is that is that what the plan was, I thought? <laughs> it's as good as any other war, so... Well, I know, but the thing, thing with the Mexican-American War is, uh, this has the propensity to possibly, I, I know we're not planning for it today, it might end up being like a three-parter, because it's a big, it, it's like as meaty as a field after a train load of buffalo killing tourists go through it's a big old meaty fucking subject and i've been like half-ass studying it since we started the fucking podcast and i mean i just keep on getting on these little side tangents and shit so uh fuck i mean i still feel like i don't know it that well but it's just so full of stuff that it's probably Mm -hmm. gonna take take a degree of time so well, Since let's get everybody... into it. I, I know I know for a fact that I was supposed to learn it in school, and I didn't. Like, I don't know anything about it other than the fact that the U.S. and Mexico had a fight, and that's uh, over California, See, maybe? Never, I'm not sure. That's I, never learned sh- I never learned shit about it in school. I learned about uh, the war uh, independence from Mexico, you know, with the Texans and the Alamo and all that shit. But this is not the same thing. This is, this is what, 10 years later, yep. basically. Um, so basically, Tony, as we okay, you just said you didn't learn anything about the school. What do you know about the Mexican American War? Everything I know about the Mexican American War, I learned from the movie The Mask of Zorro with Antonio Banderas. Some say he's a legend. Zorro was a servant of the people. He did what was needed. Now he's needed again. Others, a ghost. Be careful, Senorita. There are dangerous men about. Some say he fights for justice. There are some who would call him a rogue. Others for revenge. All that playing with swords and shooting guns, racing around the horses. Such sweaty pursuits are hardly the work of a gentleman. <laughs> Apparently, they hit someone hit a bunch of gold in a cave, and then they had to blow it up to get it. And then they were going to buy California from Mexico. That's yep. halfway true. There, there is a I cave know. involved in this, but it involves more of massacre of innocent women and children, though. But I read it as more like a buffet for the coyotes and dogs. Like literally, a Mexican <laughs> guy described it as a buffet for the coyotes and or not, they didn't say buffet. He said, uh, "No, he said buffet." He didn't because they don't say smorgasbord down there. But yeah, 
Well, but nice. <laughs> yeah. But uh, also, like, uh, we have covered a little bit of this before when we were talking about, and this has got to, I keep on talking about it. I got to get my bear flag design. But we did talk about it a bit when we were talking about Kit Carson and Fremont and the uh, the California fights where they had the bear flag, the bear flag war shit. That's kind of part of this. Oh, yeah. Um, I did my bear flag already. You guys got to do yours. I know. I, I, I thought about it as, yeah. As I'm, I did mine hammered, and I fucking spelled California very... I tried to spell it wrong with a K, and then I totally forgot the A at the end. Like the Brad Pitt movie? Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, I was like, oh, these, these fuckers are illiterate, so they're probably just going to be like, whatever, it makes a K sound, K, like A, L. And then uh, I... I was like laughing while I was doing it, and then when I looked at it, I realized I completely fucking misspelled California. And I think it says California no. or something like that. <laughs> well, California is the place you want to be, so they loaded up their truck and they moved to Beverly Hills. That <laughs> Hills, is. that is. <laughs> mm -hmm. Fucking. Anyway, so we'll uh, get this rig rolling with uh, your Comic Sans shit. Uh, I don't even know well, where you're going to Remember start, so. that uh, election that was all fucked up? And the guy who uh, should have won it didn't. And remember that time we invaded a foreign country under uh, dubious circumstances? Uh, That's also the Mexican-American War, too. Oh, I was going to say, was this 2016 <laughs> or uh, George W.'s second term or... <laughs> yep. So we gain about a third of our present-day United States off of that. Uh, California, New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, Colorado... And that kind of sets up all the dominoes for the Civil War to come in a few years after that. And all the generals of the Civil War got their first experience uh, doing stuff down in Mexico. Oh, yeah, this so, is kind of like in the Expendables movie. You're just going to see, like, uh, Tony, you're going to see all kinds of names you've recognized from every fucking thing else. It's just every it's episode. Like, this is going to be somebody from every episode we've done so far. Oh, this is far beefier. Like, I mean, like I said, it's just a smorgasbord. Of, it, it, it's pretty much the prequel, like we'll say, into the Civil War and to a lot of the rest of Western expansion. So, yeah, hold on to your butts. What what era are we talking? 1846. 1846. Okay. Oh, wow. So that's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, right in the middle. It was uh, America's first war of invasion, so that's a good thing. Uh, basically, it was just a land grab, though. Uh, and of course, as the opposed to our of, other ones, which weren't uh, oil, oil grabs. Oil grabs. Oh yeah, yeah. well, oil's just liquid land, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, and then just man! You fucking pussy blew grabs. my mind, man. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to talk a little about Henry Clay off the bat. Just because he can't talk 1800s politics without talking about Henry Clay at some point. So he was the most famous politician of the day not to be president at some point. He leads the charge in the War of 1812 and kind of gets the Treaty All of Ghent uh, figured out in 1814 after the War of 1812. Which started in 1812 but lasted longer than one month. Right. Got it? In which okay. the War of 1812 we talked about in the very first episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, he headed up the Missouri Compromise, which kind of kicked down the can of slavery issues down the road. Uh, that was in 1820, but it kind of set the Mason-Dixon line, uh, you know, who was for and against slavery at the time. 
Well, let's, was, let's let's delve into a little bit what you mean by kick the can of slavery down the road. It's like, I think the whole, basically, nutshell it is um, they wanted pretty much any other new states to most, or not most people, but, you know, basically, if you're going to have a new state, they wanted it not to be a slave state, right? Except for the people that, of course, wanted slave yeah. states. So, they kind of yeah. wanted a tit for tit type of thing. If you get one, the, oh. the other other people get one too especially oh, so, after california so, gets gets aboard so like fair fair and balanced yep oh like fox news <laughs> uh yeah, and fuck. and the and for everybody out there that doesn't know the mason dixon line is I, I'll, I'll just let you guys explain it that's pretty much basically it starts at maryland and straight west from there ah even though it wasn't anything official it was just kind of the name of the the two surveyors, right, right. Yeah, and most, to this day, it's, it's it's kind of like the uh, like you know, if you're south of it, you're a southerner. If you're north of it, you're a northerner. Uh huh. Right. Kinda. right. I mean, it's not quite that cut and dried, but yeah. So uh, Henry Clay was the rock star of the day. He was a big hit with the ladies. So if you put up a picture of him, he's he's pretty hot shit. Of course, the ladies couldn't vote, but you could tell their, uh, the presidents who to vote for. He was from Kentucky and owned a few slaves, but hated slavery. So I don't know how you rectify that with your... Self-loather, huh? All right. Yep. Well, yeah, I was just saying, it's kind of like when I'm like just pounding down like Cheetos. You know, I was like, I don't need to be eating these. Oh, God. Uh, why? <laughs> only with, people you know, is so tasty and yeah. it leaves orange on your fingers. I say it's just like that. Only the orange on your fingers is just you know the shame and uh, uh, corruption of the human soul and uh, dried blood. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what makes them orange. Oh Jesus Christ! I just looked up a picture of Henry Clay for some reason, and he kind of <laughs> looks, looks like, like a, he kind of looks like the Crypt Keeper a little bit. Yeah, spooky wow. ghost. Maybe it's an old picture. Well, since nah, he was a, old by the time a, pictures uh, were came around. I say no, Tony. It's his fucking DMV photo from last year. <laughs> Dude, he fucking looks like a ghost. <laughs> oh. And of course, there's also the goat in Texas that was mayor called Clay Henry, not Henry Clay. Oh, there you go. Got to make that distinction too. Oh. Oh yeah. This. Well, I, I'm gonna say uh, uh, say something nice, or you can't say anything at all. He has strong cheekbones. Yes. Because he's pretty much a skull. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, that up, it's, it's that upturned nose. He's got that the nose that points to the sky, so it makes it look like like the fucking red skull from uh, Captain America. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> Ever so much, only with a little bit of hair, little little wispy uh, crypt keeper hair. <laughs> yeah. Holy fuck! Yeah. Man, what a fucking stud. Mm-hmm. I'd, okay, uh, I'd minimize the window, or I'm gonna get uh, an erection that'll break through my pants. Uh, <laughs> So during the winter of 43-44, the president at the time was John Tyler. He finally pushed through the annexation of Texas. Texas never was Never trust the man with two first names. Nope. Mm-mm. Or, uh, yeah, uh, since 1835, Texas was its own country, at least according to them. Not to <laughs> Mexico, though, who still thought it was theirs. But they were essentially begging to get into the United States. So if you know anybody from Texas bragging about how they are their own country and be like, well, you got to remember for 10 years, you kind of begged to get into the United States too. Well, and don't mess Texas, with Texas, baby. Yeah. Don't mess with Texas is just telling people not to litter too. So, <laughs> yep. 
Or else you'll make the uh, the Italian American actor that portrays an Indian cry. <laughs> I was just gonna mm-hmm. go there. What's that fucking guy's <laughs> name again? Iron Eyes Cody. Iron Eyes Cody. That's right. What Except a I can't remember his actual bag. Italian name, but yeah. <laughs> hey man, he did a lot of good for Native American causes. Yeah. He actually you know, and bad. And well, for Native American stereotypes, yes. Mm-hmm. For causes, I don't know. He did. He, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's a mixed bag. Yeah, we'll call him. We'll call him a uh, uh, what? Even. <laughs> so Mexico gained its independence from Spain in 1821, but it suffered from disorganized cuckoo coups, or coups. Cuckoo coups. <laughs> yep. Uh, the, they also the let in the invasion of 1849. <laughs> yep. They let in the dumb Americans into Tejas. Uh, mostly to get some revenue off of them and build a buffer zone from those pesky Comanche raids uh, until 1830, and then they made laws to limit settlement by Whitey, but Whitey doesn't give a fuck about rules and didn't really stop them. Uh, Mexico didn't appreciate the Texans coming in with the slaves, which Mexico outlawed long before and thought was deplorable as all... I'm going to come out on uh, on a limb here and say slavery was bad. Yes. Also, I, I'm going to I'm going to come out on a limb and at least uh, some part of the Mexicans were like build that wall, build the <laughs> wall. <laughs> so, Mexico during that uh, little dust up had wholesale slaughters of uh, Texians, which would be the white Tejans. Yep. At the Alamo and mostly at the Goliad too, where the uh, General San. Oh yeah, they. Yeah. What's the Goliad? Out. That's the uh, the place. The Goliad's, in Texas. The, one you, the Goliad's one you don't hear about because uh, they they wiped out a shitload of people, but you know uh, uh, Davy Crockett and uh, Jim Bowie didn't happen to be there, and like uh, you know, so you hear more about. And the Alamo had like a little. You know, oh, the cry made around it. It yeah. was the Nobody's independent like, music festival. Go- nobody, nobody I'm sure really at heard some about point it. somebody did probably say remember Goliad, but you know, remember the Alamo is the fucking rallying cry that you know. Yeah, don't forget to visit the basement either. That's pretty nice. That's where Pee Wee's bike is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So at the Goliad, they just march out uh, 340 Texians and just shoot them. Didn't mu- wasn't much of a no. fight there. But no. the uh, Texians get their revenge at San Jacinto. Of course, I'm very good at pronouncing. San Jacinto. <laughs> uh, they cause 1,400 casualties in 18 minutes. Well, it's because the Mexican <laughs> army was having a siesta, like literally having a siesta. <laughs> yep. Well, they, that's the thing is they've been they've been chasing um, uh, Sam Houston's army around for a long time, and they kept on like withdrawing, withdrawing, withdrawing because he was looking for the perfect spot to fuck these bastards up. And meanwhile, the people that were like supposed to be Sam Houston supporters, like you either stop and fight and die, and blah, or you're a fucking pussy. And he's like, well, I'm not going to do that. That's why I didn't go into the fucking Alamo because it was we couldn't win there. So either you know I'm either going to win or you shut the fuck up, you know. So he kind of found the right place, and then they waited till the Mexicans all uh, went on their siesta because they were confident that they wouldn't get attacked by by the Texians. And then actually the Texians, uh, you know, they had some uh, Tejanos with them. Uh, so to differentiate them from the other Mexicans, they made them put uh, playing cards in their hats so you wouldn't shoot uh, 
your 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 fellow on your side Mexicans, basically your your Mexican Texans, and then the, what they kicked their ass in about what twenty minutes. Yep. Yeah. So don't rest on Sundays. No. Nope. So Slow they uh, fucking Shabbos. Yep. <laughs> so that forced uh, San Yanni to sign over Texas, even though Texas or uh, Mexico didn't recognize this treaty that he signed. And they oh, declared it a rebel province. Bunch of rebels. Well, that's the thing. is, Santiani signed it over, but then as soon as he got back, he got deposed for losing. Mm-hmm. And so while he made that agreement, the guys that came in were like, fuck, fuck that. What do you know? Just fucking no. So. So if the United States would annex Texas like the Texans wanted, that would surely mean that uh, there'd be war between Mexico and the United States. Not even Andrew Jackson would uh, take that on. And he was the bastard of all bastards. (laughs) Yep. Uh, 1844, President Tyler, he was vice president at the time. He took over when William Henry Harrison died 31 days into his term. Oh, yeah. William Henry Harrison. That's uh, (laughs) Speaking of drug history, that's Tony and mine. It's got to be favorite of all time. That's the guy who wouldn't wear a hat. Yeah. You put some snakes and leeches on, you make it all better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking speech in the snow for a fucking hour and 45 minutes. Yep. Idiot. Wear a hat, dude. <laughs> wear a coat. Let's wear a fucking jacket. <laughs> well, you gotta was... remember in this day, nobody'd freak out if you didn't have a coat, Tony. If you mm-hmm. didn't have a hat, something was wrong. Remember oh, yeah. that. So, mm-hmm. like, uh,. So he was so unliked by the time uh, the eighteen uh, the next election uh, came around, they kick him out of the, his own party. <laughs> so Henry Clay was the guy who was going to win that presidency, or at least that seemed like a sure thing. Then you enter in James K. Polk. Yeah, he, uh, he was a had a a mullet and was from Tennessee. Like like a hundred years before it was cool. Yep. Oh well, I mean, what do you I'm mean? It's it still was... cool. A hundred years before it became yes. cool, it He's continues to continues to stay cool. Mm-hmm. He's the fucking paterfamilias, the uh, fucking progenitor. I'm, I'm just gonna call that instead of a mullet from now on. I'm gonna call it a polk. Yeah. So, Actually, let me find a nice, fucking picture. Nice of that, fucking dude. polk. <laughs> Polka dots. It's just got a bunch of mullets all over. Yeah, the vandals. The vandals never mention. I'm, uh, you know, I'll get a poke, or you can get a poke and be one too. You know, like yeah, you know, they talk about hockey hair and a shot Forbi- and stuff. Forbidden hair. Forbidden <laughs> hair, but they never, they never call it a poke. Oh fuck yeah, dude, that's beautiful. <laughs> Whoa. He kind of looks like um. Oh shit, what's his name? Hold on, I'm gonna think of it. He looks like an actor, like this. British actor, Diver? not Ben Kingsley. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm seeing a I'm seeing a fucking painting of him. It looks like uh, uh, Sir uh, Sir Hannibal Lecter. Uh, fucking what's his ass? Um, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Some of his older shit. It looks like Anthony Hopkins, but he's younger. Dude, he looks like Jonathan stuff. Price. Uh, I'd have to look that up. Dude, you you'll recognize me. See him. I was looking at one kind of almost like Ray Finesy, but like, okay. Yeah, just image search Jonathan this become, Price. This is kind of becoming like 
like, let's find sexy English actor hour, but... (laughs) He was asked by Andrew Jackson to run as a Democrat. They called him Young Hickory instead of Old Hickory. Because I don't know what the Hickory was implying. His goddamn rigid, rigid, hard-wooded exterior that would just duel your fucking ass and trail of tears you. That's uh, why. I thought they were just fans of uh, Andrew Dice Clay or something. I fucked the... Uh, Polk gets the nomination when all the delegates split their votes. The headline ran the next day. Who is James K. Polk? Question mark. <laughs> is the headline priest- ran the next day. Who is James K. Polk? And six weeks later, everyone had read it. <laughs> <laughs> Played by uh, John Candy. Okay. Who is Harry Crumb? No. Sorry. Oh, yes. Sorry. Oh. I, I had to think about say, that one. Say Polk does not look like John. But yeah, I get, you. I get it now. <laughs> no, he looks like Jonathan Price. From Jumpin' Jack Flash with uh, Whippy Goldberg. Meet Terry Doolittle. Yeah! Hi! She was on her way up. I've got to have the promotion. I've got to have it. Until she fell in with the wrong crowd. Ah! Mr. Van Meter? Mr. Van Meter? What do you mean he's dead? Dead, dead? Now, she's trying to stay alive. Some guy calling himself Jumping Jack Flash taps into my computer. And save a guy named Jumping Jack Flash. What? Jumping Jack Flash. The KGB. I'm a little black woman in a big silver box. On the top of the thing says phone. Some kind of medication. 20th Century Fox presents Whoopi Goldberg in her first motion picture comedy. And that's the truth. Jumping Jack Flash. Jumping Jack Flash. Oh, get it, get it, get it. It, it took me forever. Like I looked up Jonathan Price. And was like, oh yeah, the guy that's in everything that I just never knew his name. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yep. He's in all the fucking things. Everything. Okay. So Clay thought he had a cakewalk, and he didn't even really com- campaign that much. Cakewalks have the roots in slavery. The, the oh. term cakewalk. Are you oh, serious? That's, that's so much yes. What? I forgot about that. How'd that come about? Fuck, why is everything in America racist? <laughs> everything. All of well, it. because. All right, let's do some research. We'll just do a, a shorty <laughs> yeah. on that one sometime. Yeah. Promotional support by... Bronson Swagger presents Sequoia and Swagger, the cheapest mail order service in America. Sequoia and Swagger, the largest inventory in the world. Sequoia and Swagger, your mail order marketplace. If you ever want for anything, we guarantee it'll be in our 20,000 page Sequoia and Swagger catalog. Can't read? Just yell your demands at one of our order boys posted in your neighborhood 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Your orders will materialize before your very eyes. 
please allow four to 14 weeks for delivery. If you own a store and want a wider market, bring it to us. We accept milk stores, gun stores, meat stores, liquor stores. We'll go noodle me some fish. Leaded oyster stores. It's good. Any kind of store. We'll sell your stuff, and we'll sell it cheaper than you do. Sequoia & Swagger, 206 Fifth Avenue North, Mile City, for your free catalog. Additional support by... In the year 2196... Just lost contact with Command Post 3 outside the second perimeter. It's right outside! Someone has developed the ultimate destructive force. All they need is a man who'll deliver. What have you got? It is a rush shipment to Earth. No questions asked. We'll do it. Jeez, I've never seen trailers like these before. They look, um... Creepy. You better power down, Canyon. It's coming! Look out! You gotta tell us how to stop these things. Dennis Hopper, Stephen Dorn, and Debbie Mazar. Fire it up! Space Truckers. So Polk accuses him of drunkenness, even though his uh, Clay's drinking kind of slowed down when he got old, but still. <laughs> I'll show you uh, drunk, motherfucker. Yeah. So he could go, uh, you know, the fact that he kept slaves and he was friends with abolitionists at the same time, so that kind of could piss off both sides. Uh, Andrew Jackson made Tyler retire. Tyler retired. Retired? Uh, yep. Polk was a straight-laced uh, workaholic and not fun at all. That's what we Andy. need back in this government, man. Straight-laced, yep. oh, boring-ass yeah, they- motherfuckers. And this Tyler, right, is the typical new and Tyler, too? Yep. That, that's the Tyler? Yep, okay. So, um, Poke could not have kids, because when he was young, a doctor messed up his dick hole trying to get out kidney stones. <laughs> so he could not get it up. <laughs> you just send a string up there on a stick and tie it, tie it to the stone and yank them out, or what? Okay, okay, Tony, we've talked about about how they treated syphilis. So, and that's trying to just put some liquid mercury up your dick. So Uh, think about, like, if that's that brutal with the uh, bent-ass, like, turkey baster thing that goes in your urethra, think about them trying to pull something solid out of there. Uh Uh-uh. You know, when the most gentle method of putting a liquid in there is brutal. Oh, yeah, we're talking tractor pull, ox carts motherfucking like just some wrought iron I like, just it's like taking a kid's tooth out with a doorknob you like tie it tie it to a fucking horse and slap it on the ass well it's like taking the kid's tooth out with a doorknob if you tie if you tie the string around their forehead instead of the tooth <laughs> and you're cramming something up like the the around just about like the same as a wire hanger yeah yeah just shoving that up there Mm. It's like trying to unlock a car, except for the uh, the the car lock is your bladder. Yep. <laughs> so he couldn't have kids, huh? Nope. Yep. 
So this is uh, the whole uh, Manifest Destiny thing going on here. Mexico was ripe for the taking. By 1800, the year of, both nations had the same population, about 600,000 or so. Uh, but a bunch of Mexicans die from disease and starvation because they didn't have half as much money as the United States. Uh, well, 18... and they also were constantly having like coups and shit. Like, you know, there was a constant fight for supremacy of who was going to run the country, so you never had a stable government. Yeah, and the ruling yeah. European class didn't pitch in and pay taxes for all these revolutions. And, and oh, the rich no, people didn't pay used, taxes? Huh. Weird. Well, especially these, like, it's been put a lot of, like, a lot of scholars on the Mexican-American War or just Mexico and the United States. Uh, uh, the, the United States started out modern. Basically, they evolved, like, with the newest, like, things at the time, right? Whereas the Spanish started Mexico, and they brought over basically pretty much like a medieval ideas. So it developed on its own out of medieval ideas. So, like, well, uh, Americans, like, it was constantly the newest of, like, stuff. They basically were trying to start, like, a new Spain. So uh, they weren't as up with the time. So it wasn't, yeah, like, technologically and politically and the way they'd fight and the way they do everything... They were they were kind of fucked from the get go, right. just because they were still stuck in this mindset. But yeah, yeah, and Spain was already dying by that time, and they didn't really give a fuck about that part well, of the world. That's the thing is, yeah, they weren't giving them their stimulus packages or whatever anymore. They're like, oh, you're on. well because they got their independence too, right? But, like, uh, but they and, didn't come uh, up with a new model once they got their independence. They tried to emulate the old Spanish model to a large extent, right? And uh, the Americans, they just kind of let anybody in and let them do what kind of business they wanted, and a lot of people got rich that way. Uh, like Spain, sharecropping and yeah. indentured servitude. And <laughs> Spain and, and France, when they had Louisiana, too, they they kind of kept uh, immigration under control, too. So that's another reason. Okay. Anyway, by 1845, the Mexican population was 7 million, and the United States was 21, so... There you go. Boom. Americans like so, to fuck. Yep. Or import people. Without well, to be fair, the, me the Mexicans consent. were mostly cat. The Mexicans were mostly cat, mostly Catholic. And, you know, them Catholics, they be fucking. Also. Yeah. <laughs> it's just they be fucking, then they the kids be starving sometimes, you know. Yeah. Stuff like that. So Unless you put it in God's blind spot, but never what, mind. The anus? <laughs> that's a that's a Catholic school joke. Yeah. Yep. Well, isn't that the the, uh, the uh, far no, uh, Garfunkel and Oates like you know the fuck me in the ass because I love Jesus like, <laughs> that, that one. I forgot about forgot that about that one. Yeah. So Polk was the surprise winner. Surprise. He won by only five thousand votes. Uh, basically, because Polk won New York, uh, that cost Clay the election. And uh, basically because there's an abolitionist candidate, a third-party candidate that stole Clay's votes in New York. His name's uh, James Burney. Uh, shortly before Tyler leaves, he annexes Texas, so he kind of leaves them with a big old mess there. Andrew Jackson passes away two months later. Hooray! Clay Claiming on his Surprise deathbed. Surprisingly not from a duel. Yeah, well, 
complain, uh, claiming on his deathbed, my only regret was not shooting Henry Clay. <laughs> and another funny story, during a duel a long time ago, um, Jackson shoots into a back room, and there Henry Clay was sleeping as a toddler. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Holy fuck, there's that big of an age gap? Mm-hmm. Or was, like, fucking old Hickory just shooting through walls when he was, like, six? Well, he was probably, like, I don't know, 20s or so. Yeah, I was going to say, well... I did all my shooting Jesus. through walls into my 20s, for sure. Uh, so, Polk is campaigning on uh, the Texas repatriation and reoccupation of the Northwest, too. So, he has to settle the Northwest issue with uh, Britain before he can uh, go to war with Texas, you know? Right. And he does get the Brits to sign over the Northwest. Just uh, So, basically, Britain gets word that um, uh, there's war in Mexico or like right after they sign the thing, so there's not much they can do. That's also why well, they like, send, damn it. they send uh, all the people to California because they didn't want California falling into Britain's hands when all this chaos was going on. Well, um, do, I can't remember when was the fucking pig war we talked about. Like, is that around the same time? That was like 1850s. Okay, so a little like bit later. 55. Yeah. Oh yeah, because they they sat out the Civil War, right? On that. On that fucking island yeah. or whatever. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, like, like Britain's like, oh yeah, we'll sign this over to you. Probably thinking they'd have to fight the Americans again. It's like, oh wait, they're sending their entire scrawny army to fight Mexico, so we could just <laughs> not have given them this because we had a pretty scrawny, fu- scrawny fucking army at that time too. Uh, it's a holdover from like you know Revolutionary War. Uh, this is still the point where uh, Americans didn't really want to have a big standing army because mm-hmm. they are used to having the redcoats come fuck your shit up, you know. So it was not a popular thing to have a lot of army dudes. Uh, not a real easy time to get any funding for it. So like then the guys that were out there were a lot of times stationed along the frontier in a series of ports, uh, forts. Where sometimes people in your own battalion, you'd never actually meet them because, yeah, they're in your battalion, but they're spread so thin that they're you're 100 miles apart, like somewhere else. So, yeah, the Brits actually probably didn't have to do that if they didn't want to. <laughs> if they could have waited a month. Oh. Uh, so he, uh, Polk sends uh, General Zachary Taylor in June of uh, 1845 to the unofficial border of the Nusses river i probably mispronounced that too yes you did yep Noises. how do you do that noises noises yes. oh okay i think <laughs> just go with that uh yeah. so that's 100 miles north of the rio Grande, in between san antone and the rio Grande. there where there's absolutely nothing but tumbleweeds and shit like that yeah when he lit out from what like, corpus christi right yeah corpus yes. crispy which, you know, that's popular along there with uh, that South Padre, you know, spring break. That's where my buddy Charlie's from. Good dude. Really? Yep. Word up, Charlie. Hi. Like Charlie from uh, fucking Pizza Mart? Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. There you go. Happy birthday. <laughs> Hopefully he listens to this on his birthday. So the real prize was the ports in California. 
and open up trade with the Orient. That's what was the whole deal. Uh, so General Taylor was instructed not to shoot first, but he does cross into Mexico briefly and kind of waves at him. Yeah. And Polk got his wish when the Mexican soldiers did shoot first, killing 11 of Taylor's men in uh, March of 46. Uh, Polk attaches the declaration of war along with a bill of funding the troops. So he is well ahead of his time on that one, too. <laughs> that was disputed territory, but this is where they, yeah, I think they had pushed finally into like, no, this is just flat out Mexico, right? Is that what we're talking about? Uh, yeah. Well, they were yeah. definitely across the Noesis and just right north of the Rio Grande. Right. So, yeah, that was like, yeah. Um, so, so they yeah, were they, they, they... in Mexico <laughs> Yeah, at the yeah, time. And, and it was like, and they knew it. It wasn't like, oops, my mistake. I didn't think I was in Mexico. But, yeah, they were like, fucking do something, basically. So, so anyway, sorry about that. The U.S. Army starts with uh, 65,000, which were mostly volunteers, and most of the volunteers were down-and-out immigrants and poorly trained. Well, the, and they said uh, 25% of them, 20 fucking 5% of them were Irish, okay? And what are Irish, generally? Catholic. <laughs> They're Catholic. And what Drunks. are Mexicans, generally? <laughs> Catholic. There was a like a pretty good degree of people actually deserting from uh, from uh, Zach Taylor's army because basically it was like uh, the Mexicans were sending propaganda like, well, a fight against us Catholics is like a fight against the religion itself and against the Pope. So there was a good degree of like dudes that like um, kind of defected or at least like yeah left they Zach had Taylor's their own army. own name I have it. Like when they get to Mexico City. Well, I'm just saying it's always interesting when you get to the Southwest when you see a lot of uh, a lot of us in the North here don't think about, it, but there's an awful lot of people that are of mixed Irish and uh, Mexican descent, simply due to Catholicism. And uh, you, 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 yeah, you'll get some like you know Pablo McCrays and some you know like, but that was a <laughs> that was a factor at the time. Yep. So the Mexican soldiers, there's a whole lot more of them, and they looked like they knew what they were doing because they had snazzy red and blue uniforms. But they had very outdated armaments. Uh, like we were saying in that battle outside of San Diego there, they are using lances instead of actual rifles. Oh, wow. <laughs> they still what? use them. When you said outdated armaments, I my brain started thinking like cartoonish, like medieval weapons. And then you said yep. lances, yeah. and I was like, oh, okay. It's literally exactly. <laughs> like a uh, mace, San, some of, throwing some stars. Of Santa Ana's, some of Santa Ana's most like uh, elite troops were literally dudes on horsebacks with lances. Now, they'd carry a pistol or two with them, but their main thing was lances. But at the same time, also at this time, Zach Taylor himself was way into using the bayonet because rifles were still kind of a... Kind of iffy. Not that big, big, not a big commodity. Uh, well, you have muskets, which yeah, they'll go off most of the time, but you have to volley fire them to be able to hit anything. They had rifles, but generally you had to be like designated as a sharpshooter to get an actual rifle that will hit what you're aiming at. Yeah. Um, Tom uh, Selleck. But uh, yeah, 
But it, like uh, Zach Taylor had been fighting like the Seminoles and stuff in the past, you know. And it's like fuck it, you know, we're in these wet conditions, shit. And your musket doesn't go off. Fix bayonets, and you just you know all bayonet is a spear with a rifle and instead yeah. of just a stick. Yeah, that's all it is. I mean, you could take his, out his. dozens of uh, dozens of uh, horses with a bayonet. Oh yeah, yeah. mules. <laughs> they're they're super not good at defending themselves from getting popped like a fucking balloon. Um, but uh, but you know Mexican guys with bay- Mexican dudes with bayonets tend to try to fight back, so a little more difficult. But at mm-hmm. the same time, a lot of the, the Mexican guys were conscripted, uh, just poor farmers and uh, actually Indians. They grabbed uh, indigenous personnel. Was like, hey, put on a fucking uniform. Here's a fucking musket. Let's go fight some fucking Yankees. You know. That was most of the Mexican anyway. population anyway, with the mezitos or whatever they called them. Mestizos. Mosquitoes. Yes, mosquitoes. <laughs> Fuck. So the first real engagement was May eighth, just north of the Rio Grande at Palo Alto. Taylor had 2,000 men, and they drive uh, General Aristos 6,000 from the field, basically because they had cannons and the Mexicans didn't. But that was 200 Mexicans killed to America's 50. Uh, next well, day, I wanna, Taylor... I, I want to say something about the cannons. We're, we're talking about the flying artillery, right? Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh uh, not gold or Ringgold's. Ringgold's fucking flying artillery, right? Is that like the flying like, little windows? Yeah, Ringgold's flying artillery sounds sounds like a, a booth at the it's, fucking Pike Place Market. Or absolutely, it sounds like a Cirque, Cirque du Soleil fucking act yeah. or some shit. But like, uh, but no, okay. Uh, say okay. So Zach Taylor's like force had some traditional like heavy artillery. Some of which, I think it was like the 12-pounders. Whenever I say pounder, it's not how much the gun weighs, it's how much the uh, the round that's getting shot out of it weighs, okay? So I think they're, they're 12-pounders. And I, I read somewhere it was taking like up to like 18 to 20 oxen to pull one of these fucking things. So it's like a big old fucking cannon. Like a big no-fucking-around cannon that's moving super slowly. We have this cat, uh, uh, Ringgold. That uh, I want to see he was a captain, or maybe he was a colonel. I don't know. But um, he basically uh, trained like uh, several uh, 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 batteries of artillery. To a, he designed his own guns, which they were smaller. They, I think, they said they're only about like eh, a little longer than four feet. So they're, and they're brass. Uh, they put super big wagon wheels on the. You know how like an old cannon, you have like two wagon wheels and kind of the tail, and then the gun, right? Well, these are so small, like, they barely protrude out the side of the, the wagon wheels. Well, what this allowed it to do is you hook four horses to it, and you could haul ass all over the place. And they'd also have guys, like, riding the horses instead of just, like, being, like, yah ya like, stagecoach style. They'd have a couple of the guys on the guns riding riding the horses and a couple of guys hanging on to the caisson and the, uh, you know, the caissons, the carriers of the, the uh, uh, ammo and shit like rides on so you got your cannon you got another trailer behind it with all your ammo and you have that that was just like dudes hanging off it like fire engine style and they would just like go cooking around the fucking battlefield and as soon as the horses stop the guys that are on the caissons drop off unhook everything get the gun turned around some officer comes aims it they have their powder already set up in uh like uh cloth bags 
you shove that down the barrel, shove whatever kind of round you want to shoot out of it, and you're ready to fucking go. They'd walk around with, uh, they'd light up their, um, their little fuses that they'd have on a stick to set them off. They'd have those lit beforehand. And, I mean, they would just fuck shit up because that was the first time that artillery wasn't kind of slow and uncumbering to move. They'd move, fire a few shots, and then get back up and move again, and you couldn't chase them around. You couldn't do anything. So they were fucking some shit up wholesale. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Damn. And, I mean, that's part of the reason, like, this whole campaign, that shit comes into play, like, huge time. Is that kind of, I mean, they like I said, we still had some traditional artillery, but the, the uh, quote-unquote flying artillery kicked wholesale ass. Um, and also, if I, I see, you can't remember the name of that fucking battle, and I can't either, but, like, I know the first engagement they were even used in, uh, I think, was it Major Ringgold? I don't know, but he was killed in the first engagement of when they employed his shit. Wait, he invented so he it was, and then was killed in the first battle they used it in? He he was the man. He was commander of Battery C, and he was out there commanding his battery, and they're blowing the shit out of like uh, the Mexican army, shooting a bunch of grape shot and stuff like that, and mowing them the fuck down. And then uh, he got hit by uh, well, him and his horse. He was sitting astride his horse. And a, a Mexican shell went in one of his thighs, through the horse, and through his other thigh. Fuck. And turned it into hammer. He stayed alive for three fucking days. Oh, no. Actually, when he, when, when he went down, uh, he had a guy who's like, oh, sir. You know, like, he's like, no, you have a fucking job to do. Get your ass. I'll be fine. Get back on your gun. Jesus Christ. And then Just he prop me up another, so I can watch. <laughs> yeah. And he, well, he, one of the last things he did before he expired was give a deposition on how that battle went. So to me, as a former artilleryman, and a former adopted at least Texan, that that's that's a Texas hero right there. Yeah. Well, he's definitely a fucking badass for sure. Yep. All right, carry on. Uh, the next day, uh, where is it? Taylor wins again at Rascala de la Palma. Did Perfect. I pronounce that yeah. wrong? Perfect. 1,500 yeah, no, Mexicans it, it, died. 150 of them. you don't speak Spanish. Oh, I barely speak English. This <laughs> causes the Mexicans to uh, go back across the Rio Grande, and Taylor was on his way towards Monterey in Mexico City. Yeehaw. Okay, so yeah, now you're super fast-forwarding. Okay. So, okay, I'm, I, I got my trusty time-life motherfucking shit out so I can follow along now that I know where we're at. Okay, so yeah, uh, uh, Major Major Ringgold got killed at uh, the Battle of Palo Alto, which is the first one, yep. right? And then the next one was what it was happening is, okay, they had that fucking fort sitting by Palo Alto, and they were having to, uh, their supply line was down on the coast, and it was kind of tenuous. Like, the Mexicans knew that that was the only way they were getting supplies in. And so Taylor... Sent, left a couple guys at the fucking fort, and then they went out to the town, and the Mexicans uh, didn't catch them on the way there, but they kind of laid in wait, knowing they were going to have to come back. And they tried to fuck them up, and then it was like, once again, oh, ambush, cool, what do we do? Pull up the really quick-moving artillery and shoot, like, what a, what amounts to, like, giant shotgun shells. Like, uh, eight, eight, you know, eight-pounder... 
Ball's about yay big, so about eh, roughly the size of a croquet ball, maybe a little bit bigger, or maybe a baseball. But you can also shoot, like, canister shot, which is like shooting out grape shot or, or uh, language. You could, you could load the canister with whatever you want, right? Yeah. Well, and, like, you know, most Gerbils. of the time it was just you take, you take musket balls. You fill it with right. fucking musket balls. So, effectively, what you have then is you have a shotgun that's, like, fucking huge. And then uh, it also, like, these little cannons could, in some cases, outrange the Mexican cannons. And also the Mexican guys, like, the generals were old school, and they're shooting, like, fucking cannonballs at infantry. Well, the thing with a normal cannonball is it's just a big iron ball. It's really super great for knocking holes in the side of a ship or knocking holes in the side of a fort. But what's not good for is, I don't know, if you're a human being and you see a fucking bowling ball flying at you, you get the fuck out of the way. It's not yeah, they, flying they, that fast. They, yeah, they move kind of sl- slow enough to where you can be like, oh, shit. Well, and especially it. the second battle, they're talking about there was grass in some cases up to your shoulders. So the cannonballs were kind of falling short. And normally those kind of cannonballs, at least they'll roll through your troops or whatever. But the grass was slowing them down so fucking much. You just see the grass like parting or getting squished down in front of them. You're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Step the fuck out of the way. And then you got your little flying horse artillery. Like, they get underneath the guns, and they just start blasting you with, like, grape shot. Which, you know, it, it, you know, yeah, you're just fucking people up left and right. And, you know, grape shot is generally uh, musket balls. I think at this time, the standard side musket ball is a 68 caliber. It's so made out of grape nuts, that. too. That would just give you vitamins. I don't... Uh, <laughs> But, I mean, we, we were talking about 50 caliber, like, muzzle loaders before, and we were talking about the Sharps and something. That this is bigger than that. Like, uh, I think, like, uh, think about it like a paintball. Like a, a paintball-sized thing. And now think about, like, hundreds of those fucking flying at you. know, and, but it's like balls of lead, not paintballs. So they, they were way bigger. And, I mean, it, I mean, the slaughter had to be fucking horrific. Even if you were just, like... You get nicked by one of those, you're fucked up. You have, like, an inch-sized hole in your body. Yeah. So. Fuck. Anyway, so so now we're going towards Monterey, are we? Yeah, let's take a break, though. I gotta take a leak. Well, it looks like this one's gonna run over a little bit, so stick around for next week. We're gonna drop the second half of this in. This is gonna be beefy. So yeah. I, I, I assume part one, part two, yep. possibly part three. Prepare Bell yourself beefer. for tangents, baby. Uh, until then, we're going to go out in a hail of gunfire, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Taco hell. <laughs>